I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, everyone, and happy Monday. I hope your weekend treated you well. So today we are talking about why self-compassion is important on your personal growth journey. But first, today's rose, bud, and thorn. I have had really fun weather. So my my rose for today, what I'm excited about, I'm so excited that I forgot to tell you it's what I'm excited about, is that the weather has just been so fun. Yesterday we had crazy thunderstorms, like lightning thunderstorms and it was so magical and it made the grass really green and then today we're like 72 degree weather windows open and I think it's just like a fun combination of things so good weather my thorn is that y'all we got a new coffee machine if you've been following me anywhere for a while especially on YouTube or if you follow our Instagram account your coffee at home you know that we had an espresso and we love it. Um, Really honestly had no complaints about it. The only thing is that we had one espresso that we liked, and I've probably talked to you about this before because it's it's a lot, Um, but we had one that we liked, and then we got rid of it, or like we just haven't been able to order it. So we were like, let's get the machine that we wanted before, like this dream machine. My husband and I are both like ex-baristas. I was very excited and I kind of pushed it possibly a little bit, but I really was so pumped. But it's just taking some time to get the espresso dialed in because we don't need to waste a lot of coffee every day like you would in a coffee shop. If If you've never been a barista, you should know like you dial in your espresso every morning because as the coffee ages and if you change coffees it needs different things so you kind of dial in the grind and the dose and all of these different factors to get the result that you want out of the coffee and at home that's just like a little bit it's just a lot to do for coffee at home but we're trying to we're working on it and we're gonna get it figured out and it's gonna be amazing and that is my bud my bud is when we get the espresso machine fully dialed in and it's incredible and I can't wait I'm so excited for the day that 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 arises but right now it's a little bit of a thorn okay now let's dive in to today's episode I want to start us off with a section from my book, which is The Honest Enneagram. It can be purchased at thehonestenneagram.com. We'll link that in the show notes for you. And the, the section that I want to read to you is from the very beginning, where it's just kind of introducing my method and the why I approach it the way that I do. And here it goes. Here's what I found over my years as a consultant. You cannot shame someone into being a better version of themselves. Instead, we all need a mixture of consistency paired with compassionate understanding. You see, most of us have spent our entire lives fixated on what we could be doing differently, our attention laser focused on all the things that are wrong with us. We spend years of our lives trying to discipline ourselves to a point of changing, and yet we find ourselves dealing with the same issues 10, 20, 30 years later. And the reason for this is that growth isn't a destination. We won't wake up one day with the exact personality that we want, the perfect life and no visible conflict. That place does not exist. In fact, I challenge you to consider that the struggles you deal with now may be the struggles you deal with for the rest of your life. I know some of you thought about burning the book just now, but hear me out. 
we may soften our response to them over time, find healthier ways to deal with them, but the relationship to the struggle doesn't end. And that's why it's important that we remember in this work that growth isn't a destination, it's a relationship. It's waking up every single day and choosing to interact with the world in a way that does less harm to yourself and others and adds more beauty to the world. To me, now this is the first piece and possibly the essence of why I think self-compassion is so necessary. It's, first of all, self-compassion is a more sustainable approach to healing. You are navigating a daily relationship to yourself and to the world, and through compassion, you are more capable of showing up in ways that are supportive for yourself and for others. The second reason that self-compassion is important is because it makes us more compassionate toward others. I really believe, and you've heard me say this a thousand times, how we treat ourselves is how we treat other people. What we allow for ourselves, we allow in others. If I am rude to myself or hard on myself, I may not necessarily be directly rude to other people, but I'm going to expect other people to sacrifice in the ways that I'm sacrificing or to hold themselves to the standards that I'm holding myself to, even if that may not be what feels good or nourishing to them or even to me. Third, self-compassion is just easier to live with and creates a more beautiful existence. When we are kind to ourselves, when we hold compassion for ourselves, when we forgive our mistakes, it is so much easier to just be in this world. We're able to see the beauty of the world because we we don't feel shame. We're not carrying around this like big bag of like, here's everything that I should have done better. Or, here's how I'm falling short or here's how I'm broken. Instead, we're saying, look at you, you beautiful being. You were trying so hard. And you know what? This is, it's okay. You're doing okay. That is so much easier to live with. The fourth reason that self-compassion is important is because confidence is built through self-compassion. When we think about like all the things that we want in our life, I want to have the career of my dreams. I want to have a partner of my dreams. I want to have happiness and joy and freedom. Wow, that was a real, my seven just came out strong on that one. And we all want different things, but you hear mine. When we have all of these things that we want, we can, you know, oftentimes the answer is like, well, if I were confident, confidence is the key. Confidence is the key to a healthy relationship. Confidence is the key to moving forward in your career. Confidence is built through self-compassion. When we believe it's okay to mess up, when we're kind to ourselves, when things are at their worst, when we are gentle with our mistakes, we become more confident. We're more comfortable taking risks. We're more comfortable putting ourselves out there. We know that we can make mistakes because at the end of the day, like you, me and me are good. Number five, self-compassion is proven to lower anxiety and depression. When we experience symptoms of these things and show ourselves kindness in response to them, it doesn't perpetuate the feeling, right? If I'm feeling depression and then I'm feeling shame over the fact that I am depressed, then that only builds onto the sense that there is something to be depressed about. There is something wrong with me. I am not saying that depression and anxiety are not chemical things happening in our brains that are outside of our control because for a lot of people that is the case, but shame just isn't helping, right? I'm not saying that self-compassion will cure your anxiety and your depression, but self-compassion surely will not hurt. Okay, number six, self-compassion increases our motivation. 
when we are compassionate with ourselves, we are more able to put ourselves out there. We're more able to get started. We're able to take chances. When we feel supported, we feel good. And when we feel good, we do the things we want to do in our life. And finally, self-compassion increases our resilience. The reality is that life is hard and circumstances arise that are out of our control. And when we are kind to ourselves, we are more able to keep going even through hard times. Now, some Enneagram types are more inclined towards self-compassion, where others have a harder time with it. And here is kind of my personal take on what the average levels are likely to experience based off of your type. So for type one, you know, you guys struggle with that harsh inner critic, the version, that voice in your head that is saying you could have done better, here's how you could have improved, here's where you're falling short, and that is the relate creating a relationship to that inner critic where you're able to talk to it, where you're able to talk back to it, argue with it, give it a different perspective, that's going to aid you in your ability to increase your self-compassion. For our twos, compassion is there for others, right? Um, Maybe it's easy for you to be like, yeah, of course you're having a hard time. That makes sense. I can empathize with you. But maybe you struggle to allow for for your own needs and weaknesses. So when you feel weak or you feel like you have a need, you feel shame or like, I'm not supposed to be the one who needs. They're supposed to need me, not the other way around. And so you can offer yourself more compassion by allowing yourself to be just as human as the rest of us, just as much in need as you are able to meet need. For our threes, compassion wavers when comparing yourself to others and their achievements or when when you don't feel like you are living up to your own standards. A lot of my threes in my life, they go really, really hard and they crash and they take a few days and they just zone out and watch TV. The only problem with that is that they feel bad for being there instead of feeling compassion for how hard they've worked and being, you know, being able to say to yourself, wow, you worked really hard this week. You deserve some time in front of the TV. Or um, I see that this person over here is running their business this way. That is not for you. And that's okay. That is a form of self-compassion for our threes. For our fours, you guys, expect significance out of yourselves. You expect like yourselves to be so profound and significant that any amount of falling short of that is so disappointing to yourself when no one else is holding you to that standard. Um, And then there's almost this conflict of holding yourself to this intense standard while actively feeling like you can't do the things you need to do to get to that place. And so then that just compounds that feeling of like not being able to live up to your own expectations. When you want to infuse self-compassion into your life as a four, it's really about celebrating and delighting in those day-to-day mundane tasks of just doing the things that you need to do to feel the way you want to feel. It's not about the product of like how great this thing is that you're making, but it's like how good can I feel in my life? It's going to help a lot, I promise. All right, number five. In my opinion, fives may be one of the strongest with self-compassion in terms of action, like taking care of themselves. But a lot of times when I've interacted with fives, they struggle with how they're viewed by others. 
An example of this is that I've had lots of fives tell me that they don't always feel wanted by other people or like they think that they they feel weird. And I'm not used that's not my language, that's language that has been given to me by the fives in my life. But when I talk to the people in the lives of the five, they all they want is just like more of them. Like I just want more of them. I wish they wanted more time with me. I wish they wanted me around. And so it's kind of like this self-fulfilling prophecy because the five is so good at creating boundaries and so good at put, keeping themselves taken care of and there's moderating their energy that there's almost this wall that goes up that keeps other people out and therefore there's a, there's a fine line between boundaries and isolation between okay I'm keeping you at a distance so that I can take care of myself versus when I want you around you're no longer there because you're so used to not being invited make sense okay for our sixes there's a fear of letting others down and that can be turned into over-sacrificing, feeling like doing things for yourself, almost similar to a two, like doing things for yourself means letting down the group and therefore you, sh you should feel shame for that. There's also this self-deprecating humor that exists in, in our sixes, which is really clever and funny, but is also oftentimes bleeding with an element of truth of how they actually feel about themselves and in there is sometimes information into how you can be more compassionate for yourself what am I making fun of what am I feeling shame about and how can I tend to that part of me for our sevens there's oftentimes like reframing as a seven can give you a lot of grace um and you can be pretty forgiving with yourself. However, I have engaged with a lot of sevens in my life who have struggled with the scattered feeling or feeling shame for not following through. Um, a lot of sevens have told me I feel like a bad friend. Um, and these are areas in which you can offer self-compassion to yourself through building self-trust. So as you intentionally rebuild these things or intentionally participate in giving um, to the people in your life, you know, defining what a good friend means to you and, and showing up as that. Um, if you can say, I commit to this thing for this amount of days and then show yourself that you will and you can, then you can hold more compassion for yourself because if you still don't want to do that thing after the deadline is over, well, then that's the appropriate time to be like, okay, it's time for me to move on. And you can be more confident that your yes is a yes and your no is a no. For our eights, our eights, you guys are so hard on your bodies and on your hearts and you're actually like very sensitive and I know you don't want me to tell everybody that, but like you are, there's so much tenderness and gooey, ooey goodness in there, um, but you expect so much from yourself in terms of strength and resilience and powering through things and so your greatest sense of self-compassion is just to pause often I mean every hour if you can and just check in how's my head how's my heart how's my body what do you need can I tend to that need am I ignoring you maybe you're really hungry and you just haven't been paying attention maybe you're overworking and you haven't been paying attention check in with yourself and really make sure that you're giving yourself a break in all of the ways that you need to all right our nines our nines are compassionate with themselves, in my opinion, but oftentimes it's it's like conditional, right? Like, oh, I, I'm I'm 
just want my peace of mind or I feel good, I'm okay. But maybe you feel less so when there's new habits that you're trying to form and you need to be seen, you know? Like maybe you're trying to form a new habit and you feel like you can't do the thing, so you feel shame. Maybe you are not letting yourself be seen by other people or you're not even letting yourself be seen by yourself. And so you don't even know where you would need compassion because you're there, you're not paying attention to who you are and what you want and what you need. And so you can show yourself greater compassion by allowing yourself your own time and attention, whether that's taking yourself out on dates, journaling practice, going for long walks by yourself, giving yourself your undivided attention and asking yourself really good questions. What do I need? What do I want? Where am I going? What do I want to do with my life? Don't feel the pressure because I think there's some shame in like not having the answers to those questions that a lot of nines have expressed to me. There's no way to have a wrong answer. There's no need to have a specific answer. But if you keep asking and you keep waiting to hear, you will eventually start to have the answers. It's just that for a lot of your life, those questions were not being asked. And so you have to kind of build up the muscle to really have the clarity around who you are, what you want, where you're going. Okay, so honestly, like this is just my take based off of all of the people that I've talked to me about their types and all the books that I've read and the trainings that I've done. But this is so much better to hear from the individual types. And that's why we have the post up today as it is. It's reading through what each type says for themselves can be so helpful. So if you can go to Instagram, share what your type is, kind of what your relationship to self-compassion is, I would love to hear it. Um, but hopefully this is a good start. Now, the cool thing about self-compassion is that it's not really just something that we are born with. It's something we can learn and grow into. So tomorrow's episode is going to take us into some practical tips and steps for increasing our self-compassion. But quickly, today's food for thought. It's simple and from Jack Cornfield, if your compassion does not include yourself, it is incomplete. As always, it is such a joy to create this content for you. If you got anything out of today's episode and you want to give back, the easiest and freest way to do this is to leave a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It means the world of podcasters like me. All right, I will see you tomorrow for the next episode.